The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today we travel to the town of Ong's Hat. Did it exist? And what happened there? And we cover one of the most requested stories, even a story I have been so curious to find the truth out about. Eggless Travel, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. Hope you're having a great day. We're recording this one a little early. I always wanted to get an episode out on Sunday nights, and so I have episodes coming out Monday through Friday, so I'm hoping that we can keep the schedule going. I think that works out for most people, because if they're, you know, working Monday through Friday. How, who works Monday through Friday anymore, actually? Who has a job like that? I don't know. I haven't worked a job Monday through Friday in 15, 20 years. But I guess they still exist. I guess they still exist. So let's just go ahead and jump in because this is kind of a weird, both of these stories are related. It's kind of a little two-parter. I'm going to try to get it into our normal time allotment. I like to keep these episodes around 20, between 20 and 30 minutes, 30 minutes max. Normally I tell an interesting, quote unquote, interesting story right now. We're going to jump right in because I think this story is interesting. It was originally spread out over two days. I'm going to be able to fit it into one though. And Ong's Hat is a story that I was looking into originally when we started the podcast. It's only been like, we're at episode 33. It seems like we've been doing this forever, but it's only been maybe three or four weeks. But I looked into Ong's Hat, and I was like, nah, that's, I don't really know if that fits. It's, we've kind of covered it with the Bell Ray Surge and Dublin, Wisconsin. I wanted to do an episode on um, eggless travel, though. That was always something that popped up. You always laugh. What, the, what does eggless travel mean? You just think it's word soup. It's one of those things you think people threw it up on the conspiracy iceberg chart and was having a laugh. But both Ong's Hat and Eggless Travel were on there. And boy, boy, are they interesting stories. And they're connected. So I want to get them both in the same episode here. Now, Ong's Hat, just the Ong's Hat story alone, now that I've looked into it more, is very interesting. So we first off, we have to go, what is actually verifiable? So yes, there is a town called Ong's Hat. Ong's Hat is a unincorporated little town in New Jersey that is just kind of the people have just kind of moved out of it, moved out of the area. It's mostly just rubble now. The buildings are are pretty much rubble now. Basic small town. The story that I came across was that it was some sort of dimensional portal that it opened. First off, I just heard that the town was abandoned, but the conspiracy theory was that a, a portal was opened up and a bunch of people walked through it or disappeared. And I was like, I've already covered that with Devlin, Wisconsin, and I knew I was going to do Bell Ray Surge, so I kind of left Ong's Hat on the table. However, I've gotten some more information. So Ong's Hat supposedly is what happened was there was a group of scientists who believed in what's basically chaos science. They believed that we should embrace the chaos of the universe. And if we do that, if we take it full to the metaphysical extreme and incorporate, uh, you know, drugs into science and expanding the mind, we can find new ways of energy, new ways of using technology 
all of these advancements can come from embracing the chaos instead of trying to find order in it. Now, they were, these, these group of scientists, obviously it was controversial. So this, this happened pretty much in, say, the 70s, the 80s, around there. They went to the small town of Ong's Hat. One of them had purchased a bunch of the land, and basically it was a commune for scientists to do whatever they needed to do. They could run wild with the technology, whatever they could think of, they could make. There was going to be no academic review board. There was going to be no government interference. They were going to do what they wanted to in this fairly, I think at this point it was abandoned as well, town. So now this group of scientists basically has carte blanche in this small town of Ong's hat. And what happens when a bunch of scientists who, you know, have all of the intelligence in the world and no restrictions, it generally doesn't end well. We've seen that in, like, Nazi death camps or the... Japanese death camps where they're running all those horrible experiments. If no one's there to tell them to stop, the scientists will just fulfill their curiosity. Well, these scientists kept pushing and pushing and pushing the boundaries of reality, the boundaries of science. And what they discovered was a device called the gate. Now, the gate was actually a series of other devices. And these things would allow, they'd get into these machines and they could transport themselves to another dimension. Now, not a dimension of sight and sound, but of mind. I'm going to copyright that. That's great. They'd go to these dimensions, and the dimensions would either have two defining factors to them. One, they'd go to to a dimension that was exactly like ours, but there was no humans. It was completely empty. Who built the buildings? I don't know, but the buildings would be there, I think. Well, it doesn't specifically say the buildings were there. It would make more sense if they traveled to Earth and there were no buildings there, but, you know, they're interdimensionally traveling, so I think the rules are kind of out the window. They'd go to a planet. They'd go to a similar Earth with or without buildings, but there would definitely be no people there. The second dimensions they would go into is they'd go into dimensions with these amazing structures, these amazing fortresses, and then ruins of fortresses with glyphs that nobody can understand. And in these dimensions, there were creatures, aliens known as the lemurs. They were called lemurs because they had big eyes. I know what you're thinking. Jason, aren't those called gray aliens? well kind of but these ones are different because apparently great aliens have the big eyes but they can only drink water and the water comes out of their skin that's how they relieve themselves which is kind of terrifying because if you think if you ever like surprise an alien and he starts to get slippery he's probably pissing all over you and their genitals are in the inside of their body they don't exist with lemurs they're actually more mammalian so that you can see their junk And they eat food and drink water like humans. But anyway, so you could go to these dimensions full of these lemur creatures is what they call them. And these scientists were constantly traveling to these dimensions. They were scientists. So they're going there. They're taking information and trying to communicate with the lemurs and trying to understand their glyphs. Then the government finally figured out what was going on there. So what would the government do? We've seen them do this with all sorts of inventions. They went in. They decimated the town. Now, the theory, there's a couple theories there. One, the government went in, took all their information, and destroyed the population. Secondly, is that by the time the government got there, everyone had disappeared. They're in an alternate dimension, in Ong's hut, where there's no humans. They're the only ones there, and who knows what type of scientific technology they're coming up with. Third one is that the government took the technology, took them, and and that's just it. Now they're working for the government, maybe against their will, I don't know. So that's the story. That's the basic story of Ong's hat. 
I'm going to give you a ton of resources on this because there has been a lot written about Ong San. Some of it is historical and some of it talks about this group of chaos scientists that have basically broken reality. Now, the way that they would travel has been lost to science. The way that they travel to these alternate realities, we can't replicate because whoever came up with the information, they're gone now. But do we need that technology to travel to those dimensions? You see, what that technology was called was the egg. It was an egg-shaped ship that you would crawl into, hook all the electrodes up to your body, power it up. I'm ready to go, chief. Five, four, I don't know if to count it down. I guess if you're going to alternate dimensions, you probably don't need to count down because time doesn't matter. But anyways, it was called the egg. Now, the reason I backtracked this because first I was looking for an eggless travel. I mean, I told you I had the Ong's hat thing and I dismissed it, but I was, as I was looking for Ong's eggless travel, I was looking for it for a while. It's, I've been looking for that probably about as long as I've been looking for sexual assault missiles. And again, if you know anything about sexual assault missiles, please email me, deadrabbitradio at gmail.com because I'm losing my mind over that one. Eggless travel. I found this quote in a book. The travel cults are quite real, let me assure you. A certain pagan group in Northern California has been working on things like eggless travel and dimensional doorways for some time. One such test of eggless travel, sort of like one of Michael G. Comey's invisible spaceships, occurred at a major Midwestern pagan gathering in 1988. That was the first lead I had found on even the term eggless travel. I typed in eggless travel. I've been looking all over for eggless travel. You know what kept popping up? Travel tips for vegans. Dude, is that a concern? Are vegans constantly afraid that when they're traveling, there will be an egg next to them, that someone will sneak an egg into their bag? Type in eggless travel. You'll get a ton of vegan travel tips. I didn't know that there was like a constant war between the omnivores and the vegans, but apparently there is. And remember, if you see a vegan with tattoos, don't say anything. They might chop their arms off. Little tip from Jason Carpenter. So I found this and I was ecstatic. I was and that I was like, yes, here we go. This is my first hint that somebody out there has some information about eggless travel and what eggless travel is. Then I had to backtrack it to the Ong's hat story and I found out their device they used to travel to other dimensions was the egg. I finally had something. Now here is the key. I had to look for those invisible spaceships in that guy's book. And I found the guy's book and read a little bit, and I couldn't make so much sense of it. In his book, it's called The Sack. Who wants to write in something called The Sack? Get in the sack, guys. Let's go on an adventure. That's gross. But it, it basically was a, an invisible ship, so you would fly around, but it would just look like you were sitting down like invisible Wonder Woman's invisible jet, but it's called The Sack. So I was like, this is a dead end. Looked all over. I kept looking because I, I needed to find out more about eggless travel. I'd been so curious about this since I first saw this phrase. And then I decided maybe, maybe someone was at that pagan convention and witnessed pagan travel. And I got something better. Here's a quote I found. At least they showed me theirs, which is more than I've ever gotten from the travel cults. Eggless has definitely been around since at least the mid-80s. I ran into it in 1988 at a pagan gathering, some sort of large, approximately 12-couple double yolking that opened the gateway into a higher dimensional space. I was in a high-spin singlet state and 
accidentally got sucked up into the startup of the drive field they were building. The yolks merged, blah, blah, everything merged. There was a wall of white at some sort of higher dim space open. Anyway, they went somewhere. I got yanked along, though I was bounced around and lost in the slipstream. I ended up briefly where some Philadelphia experiment folks must have went because I periodically have experienced similar phenomenon psychically. The overload damn near killed me. That's it. Aegis travel is the ability to travel from a dimension with no technology or to a dimension. Well, from a dimension because we're leaving ours, but it's the ability to travel, to leave our dimension into another into another dimension, lemur or not. Without the egg, even though we don't have the science. Maybe what they did opened those gateways. Another source I have that says eggless travel has become standard operating procedure for advanced travelers. There have even been permanent doorways that have been constructed that even work for people who aren't initiates into these cults. Into these travel cults is what they're called. The groups of people who... Ong scientists, Ong's hat scientists are gone. These people still are taking up the work in a more mystical, holistic way. Ong's hat, eggless travel... Totally connected. Ong's hat is considered the first ARG. If you're not familiar with what an ARG is, it's an alternate reality game. It's basically a... uh, It's like a proto-myth. It's something that people get together to kind of add on, and then other people can join this game... And become part of the story. Sometimes they help shape the narrative. Sometimes they just have to unravel clues to find out the next step to it. So you'll see um, ARGs a lot of times are used for marketing purposes. A new movie comes out and there will be some cryptic numbers on the web. And A good example of it was Cloverfield. Cloverfield had a lot of ARGs with a slusho, I think was their drink. You could follow the links because at first nobody knew what Cloverfield was and you could follow these clues and you'd have to figure it out. And usually like the whole Reddit community will come together and try to figure out like these clues to, you know, oh, what's under the ocean? Oh, Slusho owns an oil rig and they were drilling. Oh, what, what were they drilling for? Oh, and then the rig got shut down. Maybe this is some sort of monster movie. So a lot of times it's used to drum up support. Ong's Hat, the story of Ong's Hat is considered the first ARG. It was it was created on a bulletin board. It's a community-created myth. And what's interesting about it, there's two interesting things about it. Well, three. There's a ton of interesting things about it. But one, it perfectly weaves true events, true, true groups, I guess I should say, true locations and groups, along with well-known conspiracies, tying into the Ong's Hat myth. Ong's Hat is a real town. It really is abandoned. They refer to real groups like the Church of the Subgenius, which was a crazy, like, um, I don't want to say anti-religion, but, I mean, it was, again, came out of the 80s. I used to have a ball reading about it because it was just, um, I forgot what the guy's name was, Joe Bob or something, but... Church of the Subgenius was just like this really weird um, religion that kind of made fun of organized religions. Think of the precursor to the Flying Spaghetti Monster, but a little more advanced. It'd have links to real groups, real locations, and then it would talk about print. It would talk about like UFO sightings, and then cite like actual recorded UFO sightings. And then in the middle of it, it would start talking about this series of chaos scientists. When I was reading this, it was interesting because one of the articles I read said, the interesting thing about, I know I keep saying interesting, but let me come up with another word. 
The fascinating thing about this story, Ong's Hat story, is that if you come from a conspiracy website to the story of Ong's Hat, you will believe that it's an actual conspiracy. If you come from a website that talks about ARGs, and they list it as the first ARG and they're talking about it, you will believe it's an ARG. Where you first find out about it from is will determine how you feel about it. Now, the, there's a, one of the guys who started it, Joseph Metheny. He wrote a book called Ong's Hat, The Beginning. And it tells the story in detail about the scientists and going there and their experiments and everything. It's basically a novel but he won't say whether or not it's real or not. He says, well, some people think it's real and some people think it's false. And maybe it's a little real and maybe it's a little false. He's very coy about it. And so that just feeds the flame. People who believe in the conspiracy theory believe, oh, no, 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 this is real. And the only way he could tell this story without the government killing him is to position it as a novel. And then other people who don't believe it's real go, no, no, it's just a novel. And he's really coy on it, which, again, that's a marketing technique. If he came out and said, no, it's just a novel I wrote, it kind of ruins the mystique. This is how legends are born. This is how myths are created. A little bit of real, a little bit of false. It's gotten to the point where these resources, the book, a lot of the books and the stuff I'm sourcing was very hard to find. The main book, talk, his book is available online. But again, that is, it is basically written as fact. He just says, well, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. It's written as that it is real. It's not listed as a novel in so much. The main book that really goes into this theory and talks about how online myths are created and how it was called Legend Tripping is the name of the book. And I'll put a link in it in the description. But it talks about how these stories, by taking real-life myths, real-life legends that everyone knows about, and weaving them into this complex story, you can, create a, a, you can create a more grounded myth and say the most ridiculous stuff. But people go, well, I know Bigfoot, and I know UFOs, and I don't know about Ong's hat. But maybe, you know, you give it, le you know, legitimacy within the conspiracy corner by having the people in Ong's hat talk about those issues and talk about real life people who exist. That book is like out of print. It's like 55 to to $100. So as that book fades farther and farther out of the consciousness and gets harder and harder to find, the only things that we're going to find are the sources that position it as a real conspiracy theory. There was maybe two websites that said, no, this was fake. And one website that was kind of on the fence about it. Again, that's it's interesting, this, the way that they structured it. Now, to English travel, if, we, if Ong's hat is fake, then English travel is also fake. So Ong's hat was just a narrative. It was just a story. It was just an ARG. So where does that leave us with English travel? If the initial source of it was an ARG, let's let's assume that it was an ARG and it wasn't a way to get around government censorship, because that's kind of where most of the evidence lies. Where does that leave us with English travel? Well, unfortunately, English travel falls into that same route. I think it's simply part of the myth being carried on. It's a fascinating story, and it's one of those stories that I'm really glad to research. Like, as you're researching these type of stories, every time you find a piece of information that kind of unlocks the puzzle, you get that little endorphin rush. Because you realize that I've seen people ask about this for months and months and months. What's English travel? What's English travel? And when you're able to go in and you find that, 
find those phrases and it starts to make sense, it you're just ready to go. It, you, you feel great. That's one of the things that I love about researching. And what is even a weirder coincidence? What is it? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, I, it was one of those things. This was kind of the last bit of research I did. So I looked into English travel, backtracked it to Ong's hat, researched that, came back to English travel. At the very end of my research, to wrap everything up, it turns out that there was a kid show, or, you know, like a young adult, I, you know, like, I don't know, 13-year-old kid show called Galador, about a young boy who travels to the outer dimension to save the people there, and in it, he uses an egg. It's called the egg. It's this, obviously, egg-shaped device, not the sack, which would have been, hey, 13-year-old boy, climb in my sack. Hurry up, they're shooting the sack, it's gonna leak! It's called the egg, and it's taken from this ARG, this story, this egg allows him to go to these other dimensions. That was interesting enough. But then, to to round it all the way back, the first time I saw the iceberg was on 4chan, which I I go for a lot of my paranormal news. I actually also go to the fitness board a lot too, they have a lot of great exercise tips, but actually got to the fitness board because I was trying to get to the paranormal board and accidentally clicked on fitness. And that happened so many times. I just, ah, I'm just going to look at the fitness board. And I like, I've talked about my weight loss. I've lost 75 pounds in the past year. And a huge part of that is thanks to fit. So thanks fit. But anyways, found it on 4chan. Found out about Galador. The main bad guy in Galador comes from a planet full of evil like an evil empire planet called Keck, K-E-K. Keck is the name of the ancient Egyptian deity that members of 4chan worship and worship its current avatar, Pepe the Frog. Does it mean anything? No. But I thought it was just, again, it was one of those interesting endorphin rush moments. You know, what are the chances? What are the chances out of all the words? But, you know, again, I just, it was an interesting moment for me to find that connection there. So it's just weird how the universe works. It's weird how these stories all kind of came together in a per- I found this on 4chan, and the last piece of evidence for me to find was that kid's show with Planet Keck, where all the evil, evil comes from. Fascinating. I like the little, a, a, a nice little bow tie on my egg. I actually hate eggs. I've never eaten an egg in my life. I might have had eggs when I was a kid, but I don't like them. Oh, I don't know if I don't like them. I've never eaten them, but they look disgusting. And I heard sometimes you crack them open and a baby chicken comes out. Not not at a farm, but like when you go to crack one to make eggs, like you to put them in a pan or whatever, you'll crack it and there'll be a dead baby chicken. And people tell me that's impossible, but if there's one thing I've learned, nothing's impossible. 